welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo. Today we have Brother Sage. His book just came out today. Um, it's an interesting topic. Um, I hope that some of you are not grossed out by it, but if you are, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> and uh, the topic is urine therapy, also known as UA. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. I'm glad to be on your show. There's a lot we can share about this subject, and it's an ancient one and a modern one at the same time. That is great. You know, I think like the first time I even heard of anything like this, I was a kid, you know, growing up in the 70s during Nam and stuff like that. I would hear about like the soldiers getting like trapped in a jungle and having like pee in their helmets and drink their pee to survive. And that was like the first time I ever heard of anything like this. And then, like, later on, you know, as they got older and I started reading some more, like, Vedic type of stuff. And I learned, like, like you know, this was something that yogis also used. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I've also read, you know, some of the medicinal stuff and, and some of the fetish side of it, too. And um, it, it's really is it's an interesting topic. And, and your approach is actually a little bit different than anything I just mentioned because you kind of take a – you take a, a dual side approach from what I re- just gave through on your book, which it looks like one is this sort of a spiritual approach, and the other one is a scientific approach, and you kind of combine the two. Uh, am I on target with that? Yep, you're totally on target. And what I've been using this book for is not only spread the message about self healing, self health care with your own water, which by the way is free and can never be bottled, labeled or patent. That's why the medical community has kept it hush hush for so many years. But uh, this book is gonna help educate people and give people a chance to take matters into their own hands, literally. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's give, give us a, a, a lowdown on the history of this practice and where it came from. Sure, <clears throat> 5,000 years ago, there is a Hindu god by the name of Shiva. Some of you have made, heard of him. He was also known as the Lord of the Universe. Well, his partner, he's known as the divine consort. Her name is Pavarti. And she asked him one day, Shiva, how is it that you stay so healthy, young, vital, sexy, and alive? And he finally, he came out with it. And he said, if you drink of yourself, you will live a long, healthy life. So he laid out what was known to be one of their sacred scriptures known as a Dhammar Tantra, in which every year is laid out in a series so that at the end of nine years, you're not only healed of everything, completely awakened at all times, but you also can achieve physical immortality. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's uh, physical immortality would be okay as long as I'm, my back holds up. <laughs> If your soul suit holds up, you'll want to stay around. Yeah. So so uh, what got you? Like, How did you get started? Did you experience some type of illness or something and, and, and were looking for a way to heal it? Well, it kind of hit me simultaneously. I was dealing with intestinal and prostate issues back in the day. And it was 1994. 
my Bible of choice, my urine therapy Bible was Golden Fountain by the Golden Fountain by Cohen Vandercroon out in Holland. And uh, I studied and I studied and I was just basically drinking and lightly getting into the protocols. But then I got this book by Leonard Orr called The Secret of Youthing, in which he lays out the Demar Tantra, which I just mentioned. But he has always been known as a devotee of Babaji, who many consider to be Shiva. Mm -hmm. So I piece it all together. I got a hell challenge and my spiritual teacher is telling me his guru, which is the Lord of the universe, is telling me to drink my pee. I went right into it. Awesome. Um, so uh, what is like, is there a methodology to this? Like, can, can a person just eat like uh, McDonald's all day long and then drink their pee and be healthy? <laughs> He's got a bottle of pee right here. <laughs> this is this is today's today's and last night. This is 24 hours. And this is this is known as sacred water or the nectar of life. And so here's to you. <laughs> you see we're dealing with is two paradigms that are coming together at the same time and this humongous movement that i'm right in the middle of is teaching people that everything you were led to believe about urine was given to you as a myth and a theory and if i if anybody questions me about what urine is i can i can flip their brain around because they have no strong argument what do they got behind it oh I read it and I heard it from my doctor. Uh -huh. And so that's been part of the education that's going on. So, so what, what is it in urine that, that is, has these healing properties? Well, you have to understand that this water is not just 3,000 known compounds, substances, and substrates. That's just on the physical level. There's an energy and there's a vibration of this water that goes all the way back. I hope your listeners are paying attention. Your viewers get this part. This water has a memory and a link to your birth and your nine months in your mom's water belly. And so that information and that education that gave you the perfect cells to create your perfect baby body, by the way, after nine months of peeing and drinking and snorting and massaging your body in this water, amniotic fluid, you came out as a beautiful baby. All babies come out beautiful because they're already in the water. So mm -hmm. this water, when you take it back in your body, which is around 26 different ways to do that, not just drinking, but topically, topical applications, your body takes that information and that energy that it knows to tell your cells and your DNA to regenerate itself. And on that level, that's what happens. But biologically, you're working on all these nutrients your body is needing anyway. Right. And um, is, is there like uh, any types of like enzymes and proteins that are found in it that uh, you won't find anywhere else? Yep. There are enzymes, there are proteins, which are really amino acids and branching amino acids. There are uh, minerals, vitamins, things that we need for our brain to either relax or to recover from uh, memory loss, Alzheimer's or dementia, which is going to be the uh, there's serotonin in there. There's melatonin in there. There's DHEA, oxytocin. There's stem cells in the trillions. There's antibodies galore. I mean, if you couldn't find a better medicine, this is it. Hmm. Um, does it matter? Like, like I know we're talking like like how 
how do you manufacture good pee versus bad urine or bad pee? Like, I, I imagine if you're not eating healthy, not taking care of yourself, you're probably not going to produce a, a quality product, right? Like, like garbage in, garbage out. Well, there's some truth to that. And urine, also that most people know is Shibambu, is greater than the diet that you're eating right now. However, the closer you get to raw foods, veganism, fruitarianism, fasting, and this whole lifestyle that myself and 30 million people in the world have embraced. Yes, you heard me right. 30 million people drink their pee in 50 countries. There's a whole lifestyle that comes with it, which comes with change of diet and doing purification practices, exercises, and uh, improving your state of mind. Um, so uh, how, how do you get past the taste of it? We're going to baby step you, Gary. And this is what's in the, the new book coming up. It's called Baby Stepping. The first place you want to do for people, if they're still sitting on the fence or they still have a negative association, they're not able to shake it off, tell them to collect some pee. Whoops, sorry about that. This is a makeshift recording studio. All right, collect some pee and dip your pinky or dip a finger in it and then taste it. All right, what that's going to do, immediately activate the memory of what that water is and how it'll start telling you um, to produce more medicine. It's getting ready because you're going to drink it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I baby step people until they're ready to start doing drops and then they're ready to start doing ounces and they're ready to get up to six ounces and so on. Uh -huh. um, like, like, uh, and that's what, what, what does it taste like? Does it taste better like if you drink water, a lot of water? or um, If you drink a lot of water. Yeah. Go ahead. Can, can, is there anything you can add to it? Can you mix, mix like bourbon with it? That's personal choice. I don't teach that, but yeah, that's personal choice. <laughs> you see, it, it gets better throughout the day. Many people say it tastes sweeter. The smell, the aroma, everything changes. Um, also, um, it gets thinner and lighter looking. Mm -hmm. How, Particularly if you sip loop it or loop it throughout the day. Uh -huh. How about um, mood? Does mood affect it? Mood affects it. State of mind can affect it. How you run your energy can affect it. I mean, that's just energetically. We're not talking about uh, nutritionally. Mm -hmm. um, so, so let's really go into um, how it actually works. Like I, like what. The scientific part of it, you know, uh, how much of this has been researched and proven? Well, I add a lot of that in my new book, uh, the manual. If you go back and get a copy of uh, Your Body's Perfect Medicine by Martha Christie, she did a lot of that due diligence for us. She hung out with scientists and doctors and got the, all the, the reports, and that's in her book. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I've, I've got some excerpts from her book and direct people to get her book. Interesting. Can you give us like some examples of, of, of what um, some of the scientific research that has been done? Um, in terms of, I'm not sure how to answer that question. I it's mean, benefits. I mean, there's I, a lot I, of I mean, are there Are there any actual scientific papers out there or research, like say that's been done by um, 
I don't know, John Hopkins or something like that? Chances are there isn't at the time because um, there's no money in it for them. For these medical institutes mm -hmm. and for all these different places to do the writing. But I will tell you this. When 30 million people get benefits by drinking it every day, by putting it on their skin, massaging it, by putting it uh, in their ears and their eyes and all kinds of places, even snorting it up their nose, they get healthier and younger looking every day. There's a whole community and an incredible support structure through social media right now in which everybody has been communicating back and forth and sharing their success stories. So uh, that convinces a lot of people a lot more than science. Okay. Is there any relation to this and the fountain of youth? Yeah, I believe so. And if you look in some of the early Vedic teachings, the Ayurvedic teachings, uh, the, some of the Japanese folklore, some of the Greek and German folklore, uh, you'll see uh, and a lot of it all over India. Uh, they talk about the fountain of youth. If Ponce de Leon was going to Florida to find the fountain of youth, I think he went the wrong direction because the fountain of youth is an inside job. The same with the Holy Grail and mm -hmm. all those, uh, you know, all those adventures. Yeah. Because, so, right, and how about the immortality part of it? Um, how old are you? How old do you think I am? And mm. go ahead. 50. I love you. Thank you very much. I'm 66. <laughs> And I'm, I don't age, and I've been practicing immortality since I was activated by Leonard Orr in 1980. Wow. Well, I have to say, uh, like, this is a podcast, so people aren't really going to be able to see us, but uh, you definitely look about 45 or 50 years old. Thank you, and I appreciate it when the young goddesses tell me that. <laughs> it goes a long way for my self-esteem. Thank you. <laughs> So, so I guess it's working. And, and, and since you started doing this, have you had any health issues? No, nope, haven't had any. And one thing I will want to tell the people who are still think that the COVID and the pandemic is real, if there's ever any concern about viral attack or compromised immune system, this water will not only prevent it, but it will cover you the rest of your days. And there's a lot of people who are claiming they don't have COVID mm -hmm. because they do urine therapy. So, so you we you can use urine therapy instead of uh, going out and getting the the new Moderna vaccine. Yeah, and there's no side effects. Interesting. Um, how long does it take to work? How long does it take to work? Well, it works right away, but how long you'll notice it is up to you. Some people notice a calmness in their minds and bodies. Some people notice a more clarity. Some people notice more energy. Uh, there's a dropper bottle method that I teach, which is in the book, where you have what's called evolving, maturing, or aged urine. It's about a two-ounce glass dropper bottle. I don't have it here with me. But throughout the day, if you just take some out and put a dropper full under your tongue, you'll notice your energy return. Interesting. Um, one of the things that I, I think I, I've read too somewhere is about like aging the urine. Um, what what happens to it when it ages? How does it change? Does it changes potency? Well, it changes everything. And first of all, I'm a kind of guy who likes to upgrade our uh, ways of uh, speaking in the human language. So instead of using, because we associate 
words have a hypnotic effect mm -hmm. in, in, in a way that uh, we may not be aware of. So the word aged and aging to me always reminded me of someone getting old and losing their strength, you know, that kind of mm -hmm. association. And so when I told people to drink aged urine, they thought, oh, how disgusting. I mean, if pee is bad enough, age has got to be even worse. Well, so I call it evolving. I call uh -huh. it evolving. That's how I wrote it up. Evolving and evolutionary uh, Shivambu or Oren. And the reason I say that, because the moment it comes through the urethra, the moment it's collected from going through the bladder and you've got it in your container, it's starting to increase in, in strength, potency, stem cells, life, vitality. So I don't know if you'd want to call it aging. There's a gal in Costa Rica, Monica Schutt, she calls it maturing. Hmm. Um. And the question you always comes up, mm -hmm. uh, Gary, at what age is it considered right. aged urine, evolving urine? Well, according to John W. Armstrong, who wrote The Water of Life book in 1944, the, the, the number he assigned to it was four days. He says, well, after four days, it's, it's increased enough in its strength and its potency, it, it's considered aged. Well, a dear friend of mine who's also well-versed in herbology, and she's been doing urine therapy since she was nine years old, she's now about 50 years old, Dr. Rosalind Hansen says, it doesn't start aging till nine months. So you've got to vary it between four days and nine months. And for me, it's whenever it's starting to get more than a day old, it's aging. Mm -hmm. um, after like nine months, does it like start to like grow stuff? Hold on, I'll bring a sample. This is seven months old. Yeah, it has something growing in there. Yeah, this is a white substance that many people consider to be either stem cells, compacted stem cells, or the beginning of white powder of gold known as Ormus gold. I don't know if I could and do it. And some people have actually seen it floating up here like a mushroom from a kombucha. Mm -hmm. You know, and they try all kinds of ways to explain it. It's not a, it's nothing harmful from the, the aging orin. All it is is just a product of the concentration. This is here, smell it. Oh, oh. we don't have smell of it. What does it smell like? I date all my, my water, so mm -hmm. I know what it is. This is June 6, 2020. It's really not bad. It does have an after kick afterwards, kind of like pepper. Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes a getting used to. It's mostly a mental association that you got to get over. It kind of looks like cheese on the bottom. It does look like cheese. I mean, you can consider it coconut. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> but there's something you, you, you tapped on at the beginning of our conversation that I want to address. And what does Shivambu is a universal panacea really mean? Right. People ask the question, should you only drink the urine from your same gender? If you can't produce urine or if you get stung by a jellyfish or if you get... Mm -hmm. Uh, a wasp and you're swelling up an allergic reaction uh, most many people think now what i've been able to do is to break apart dogma urine therapy dogma urine therapy superstition tradition 
to teach people the practical approach to it. So as a universal panacea, uh, it is so powerful. It does, it's not age specific. It's not gender specific. A man, a woman, it doesn't matter. You can swap it out. It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or if you're sick. It is that powerful. It doesn't matter if you store it in plastic. It's more powerful than the plastic. Mm -hmm. So if someone came up to me and said, hey, I got sunburned. I don't know what to do. And they can't pee. I will gladly you know, provide it for them and they can wipe it on them. Now, that's some people will take some of the things I say is borderline fetish. Mm -hmm. I mean, you brought that up, too. And some people have actually come out, and I think they're trolls or people just trying to get under my skin because I'm all over the place on Facebook. And they'll come up to me and say, well, how is it during intercourse or what is it good for in a golden shower? I said, it's all healing. It's therapeutic. It's just however you think about it in your mind, whether it's right or wrong. That's up to uh, you. Um, it's such a... I just I don't I don't know if I could uh, bring myself just to hang out and drink pee. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because <clears throat> there are solutions to that. Are you open to other possibilities of having it uh, help you? Sure. Well, there are over 24 topical applications or protocols that I have been using and teaching and have written about. Uh, that vary all topically without you having to put it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of rub it on yourself? You can either apply it either as a massage, a compress, uh, using a cotton ball for a cut and a shaving, or a skin tag or a liver spot or uh, broken um, capillary burst. Mm -hmm. uh, you can use it in a foot soak, which will affect all the reflexology points in the bottom of your feet. Uh, there's a belly button soap, there's a, a, a tongue scraper, uh, there's eye rinses, neti pots, ear rinses, enemas. There's all kinds of applications. And I tell people that if they say, well, I don't want to drink it. I said, but are you open to maybe putting your feet in it? Mm -hmm. Could you make a, a urine patch? Yeah, easily. I could see that as something being marketable because then... It, it takes some of the weirdness. Like people have no problem putting the patch on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you could just uh, tell them to go down to Walgreens and get a couple of patches for a couple of bucks and use your own pee, mm -hmm. then you have it that day. You have it immediately. And you'll learn how to do first aid and save yourself. Ta just pee on some gauze pads and tape them to yourself. Yeah, that'll work. Um. You know, look, that's one of the things like you just mentioned that I, I had heard about, too, is um, I don't know if I've ever seen it done, but but using pee for, for jellyfish things. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about urine that, that takes the sting out of, of, of a jellyfish bite? Well, first thing is first thing that happens here is that the jellyfish sting, like all stings, insect, bugs, uh all kinds of critters that would sting you creates an acidic environment inside your body. So your body's trying to get it back to homeostasis. So the urine is going to do that really quickly. It's going to flip it to alkaline. And so in that environment, then the stinger goes out. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, well, the, the, I don't have the effect of it anymore. 
Now, if you have a sunburn and you put it on, I go to places like Valley View, it's uh, Hot Springs, it's a clothing optional Hot Springs place here in, Bo in, uh, in Colorado. There's a lot of them here in Colorado. And all my friends are putting on, slathering on SF 47 or whatever the number is for skin protection, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Right? And then after they're coming back and bitching and moaning, and I told them, well, I feel great because I just put pee all over my son and the sunburn. And the, the, the sunburn sting goes away in about five or 10 minutes, and then you get left with a rich suntan. Hmm. But let me bring some a good point up. You, you did bring up a wonderful point right there, Gary, because a lot of people know about that, particularly if you live in the islands or if you go to places where there's jellyfish stings a lot, like Hawaii hmm. and maybe Florida and Indonesia, I don't know where else, but it written in the Army Manual Survival uh, book, it talks about the only time it mentions that urine is okay in a survival situation, it tells the, uh, the soldiers that you can drink your pee if you're stranded out in the ocean, if you're stranded in the desert, if you're stuck out in the woods, whatever it is, that's the one and only time. So the question I ask you, and I ask all the people who are watching this, What's the difference between a survival situation and the fact that you're sick and you're in a polluted environment right now? Wouldn't that be the same situation? That's a tough thing to argue, man. I mean, life is a survival situation. You noticed, huh? I've noticed that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like the, the hardest place we have to survive and where the greatest war on the planet is is between our ears. Yeah. Yeah, I try to stay out of there. <laughs> okay. I, I, I do as little thinking as possible. Very nice. Now I don't <laughs> have to worry. Uh, so how long, you've been doing this since 1992? 94. And in, in 2017, I discovered how much chatter there was about urine therapy on social media. And it wasn't too long after that that I was instructed to, uh, to receive the book, Healing Water from Within. This was my last book on urine therapy. Uh -huh. And because I was to become an instrument for P, a voice for P, this put me on 26 radio shows, television, the whole shebang. And put me in a whole world stage career that I never saw coming. That's crazy. Um, how about, do you have a wife or a girlfriend? Uh, I just had a lover girlfriend up till around a month and a half ago. Why do you ask? Oh, well, My wife passed away uh, eight years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, like, like, what did they think, you know, when he find out that, that you, you drink pee? Well, I was working her on her at the time. I said, can okay. I borrow a cup? <laughs> I went to the bathroom and came back and I drank my pee in front of her for the first time because if there's going to be a long-term relationship, I'm going to literally test the water. <laughs> and I asked her if she would mind sharing her pee with me, but time went on. It never never played out. Hmm. Um, how about, like, uh, for example... Your parents, did they know? They didn't know. Uh, my wife did know, but she said that's your hobby. She wasn't interested. Uh huh. That was her way of saying, uh, uh, I reject it. It's not for me. She had a little wall up and, 
even though I stayed great and healthy, she ends up dying of colon cancer. And that could have been um, saved. That could have been averted. Yeah. How about uh, like friends, friends, family, coworkers? Like, do you do it at work? Well, I'm self-employed. I've been a wellness practitioner for 42 years. What you see is not only my broadcasting studio, this is my healing center. All right. So so, so you're not like at a call center, you know, sitting at a desk drinking pee. No, but if I did drink pee, I'd have enough sense to not be working there. I mean, there's no need to put yourself into misery and abuse just to make money. Oh, shit. I worked at uh, Comcast. For twelve years in the call center, <laughs> I think it damaged me for life. Well, you still got a headset and microphone, so at least you've uh, recreated yourself without you know that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have a, another job. Like this isn't—I haven't made money off of this yet, but uh, but I do have a good, a large audience. So eventually, you know, it's just like anything else—you have to build it. Yeah, well, Gary, some of my videos have had like 20,000 hits on it. And we're hitting a wider and wider audience with all the different Facebook groups that mm -hmm. are piggybacking it from group to group. So uh, it's easy to get a million audience and audience in the millions of people. So, so what type of services do you offer your clients? Well, locally and internationally. Locally, I'm doing body work, uh, advanced reflexology, uh, foot massage, full body massage, therapeutic work, uh, breath coaching, breath groups. Um, here, I'm, I'm living at Sanctuary Garden here in Boulder, Colorado. It's a healing center. And we have sweat lodges and fire ceremonies and drum circles and kirtan chanting groups. Uh, on the internet, I'm doing either urine therapy consultations or life coaching. Mm -hmm. And I've been getting clients from all across the planet. Just cool. Um like, like, how would you approach somebody like, like somebody comes to you and like, like remotely and, and they want you to help them. They like say they have a health issue. Um, like what's, what are some of the basic questions that you ask to figure out what's going to be the appropriate ther therapy? Well, the initial consultation is free. So anybody wants to, uh, find out if I'm a fit for them. And if I get to find out if they're a fit for me, that's the time to do that. So um, I'm from the old school of holistic health. Remember that term? Mm -hmm. We're both similar age group, <laughs> yeah. I guess. So I still use it today and it helps me to probe because you have to inquire and you have to ask questions in order to help people get on the, the road to recovery and the road to balance again. And to tell people just drink your water and good luck uh, is a disservice in my book. So I talk to them about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual areas of their life mm -hmm. and how do they keep them all in balance? Because if you're just uh, drinking your pee and you're exercising, but you're still eating junk and you haven't changed your diet or you have a terrible attitude or you're living out of drama and fear, you're going to bring that all back to balance so that the urine therapy works even better. All right. So let's do this. Give me a free consultation. Fine. Okay. Hi, Gary. <laughs> Gary, what seems to be a challenge in your life? Is there something you need to clear up or heal? Well, I really have a 
issue with my sciatic nerve. Um, I struggle sometimes with uh, depression and anger. Um, and I worry about cash flow. I would say those are my main issues. Yeah, take a breath. Know that whatever these items are is mm -hmm. all connected. There is going to be a common theme in what's called your personal law that runs all your belief systems. It's down underneath your awareness. Are you with me so far? Yeah, I think I might have some awareness. You have lots of awareness. You just <laughs> have to be aware that you're aware. It's that simple. <laughs> Very simple. We get our minds out of our way, then we can get answers and knowingness about everything. So a lot of these issues are relating to trust and feeling okay and feeling worthy. Does that ring a bell? Oh, I don't trust anybody. Okay, well, what about the man in the mirror every day? I don't even trust him. Are you open to being willing to trust him? Hmm. I don't know. Take Take a breath, Gary. <laughs> He's a difficult guy, the guy I look at in the mirror. He's a bit stubborn and hard-headed, a bit like my father, who, like who father, drove me yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, bless him. Our parents, by the way, they could only give us the love that they understood and were aware of that they learned from their parents. So uh, I've done a lot of forgiveness on my father and mother until I realized I wasn't needing to forgive them. They did the best they could, and there was a lot of love generated if I was paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, too, I hang on to some of my this stuff, um, you know, as survival. You know, live in a world where, where, you know, other people especially, dealing with other people is brutal, you know, or can be, at least, you know, in most situations. It I would say in a lot of situations, and it seems that the final course in being a human on planet Earth is relationships 101. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going it, it to ultimately get back to how well you can love and appreciate and respect yourself. Right. So I, I guess what I try to do is I try to be hard on the outside. Like, you know, like, like you can't beat me no matter what. But on the inside... I try to be very self-aware and, and calm and, 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 and know that I'm just playing the game. Yeah. So play the game where it brings you the most joy, abundance, freedom, and connection. And that alone will bless everyone on the planet. Are you saying I should be nice to people? That's optional. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody on the planet there's 7.8 billion people not all of them deserve the, the nice factor <laughs> but give them give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> okay so um, um have you ever done any fasting um not in a very long time i did go through a period where I used to try to follow Leviticus, mm -hmm. which is sort of like fasting. Mm -hmm. um, well, is it or isn't it? I don't know. It, it's, 
it's sort of eating like a minimal amount of food and only certain foods at certain times. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like what monks do, like how they eat. Whether that's actually considered fasting or not, I don't know. Well, fast, the true fasting is a vacation from food for a day. Uh, that sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. That's the best reason to do that because your mind has going to put up a fight. And that's usually based on the, on the belief system that food is our source of nourishment and strength. So we have a lot of, a lot of food dogma, food ideas, and food insanity that runs us until we take a break. And for a lot of people, we don't fast until we stop thinking and go to bed. Are you saying that I don't need food to survive? Well, you're not going to believe me until you experiment with it. Right. There are people across the planet that have been experimenting with breatharianism and fruitarianism and fasting on their urine for 30 to 45 days. There's all kinds of, um, let's just say, realities going on that we don't normally would experience if our mind wasn't open to those possibilities. You know, it's the same with kids. What happens with kids when we send them away from our homes? The school tries to domesticate all their, their inner world and their fantasies and their abilities out of them. And we need to keep that alive, not only in the kids, but in ourselves. Hmm. All right. So I would be open, open to fasting for a day. Yeah, do that. And you can fast on whatever liquid you want. Most people prefer either distilled water or water or urine. Some people do fruit juice. Um, but the whole idea is to don't put your attention on food during that mm -hmm. day. Put your attention on things that you love to do. It could be walking and running. It could be painting. It could be dancing. It could be singing. Whatever it is, your attention on something other than food. Can I do it on coffee? Good luck. Good luck. What's that mean? Good luck. We do not want to overtax your adrenal glands, your nervous system, or anything else. Okay. We want to avoid stimulants if possible. And if you have a hard time with it, then you're borderline addict. I drink about 20 cups of coffee a day. Is that bad? Well, I have no judgment, but if 20 cups of coffee is making you healthier, don't stop. I don't know if it's making me healthier. I do know that if I miss a cup, look out. Okay, so my suggestion for someone like you is to either have someone like me or somebody nearby who can be your coach and mentor, like getting a personal trainer. And how it would work in the real world, Gary, is somebody gets to hold you accountable. They get to put the fire under your feet. So this means I have to trust somebody. <laughs> you just took me in a complete circle here. <laughs> yeah, you have to trust somebody that you're going to come out on the other side just fine and that you're going to have breakthroughs and you're going to be pissed off and you're going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to be awkward, but you're going to be just fine. It's almost like uh, when, I had to, when I quit smoking. Was, well, it's a combination between a rite terrible. of passage, a rite of passage, and your your key, your ticket home. Mm -hmm. But quitting coffee, I don't know. Maybe for a day. A day. 
give it a chance. You got nothing to lose. If I did it for a day, could I double up the next day? First get through day one. This is baby steps. All right. So what do you do for your spiritual practices? Do you have any? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like meditating. I, you know, I, I could meditate for, for days if I had the opportunity to. Well, you can get together with my housemate. He meditates three hours every morning. Yeah, I could do that. That means your mind is not thinking about a broadcast. It's not thinking about the internet. It's not thinking about anything other than this quiet stillness. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you can do that, then my friend, you can do anything. Huh. What do you do for exercise? I get a lot of exercise at my job. I make orange juice for a living. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so what kind Hmm? Other, other than this, what kind of exercise do you get? Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm lifting, you know, oh. a couple hundred cases of oranges a day and throwing them in the machine and pouring them in bottles and heaving bottles around. And so that, it's pretty physical. Okay. But let's, let's take you out of that normal environment and see if you can create some kind of exercise around nature. Nature? Nature, walking down hiking bike trails, walking to the lakes, walking through the desert, just you and nature without the interference of cities, electrochromatic energies, the internet, just you and nature, mano a mano. Hmm. All right. I don't give easy assignments. No. Like, I mean, I, I live, I'm in Alabama, <laughs> so there's a lot of nature to hang out in. Yeah, well, definitely get in it. Okay. Put your pinky, put your pinky in your water. I gotta drink my pee. You know, if you and I stay friends, there's a high probability you're gonna get through that part too. I don't know if my wife will. She might not ever kiss me again. Uh, well, that's our little secret then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep that a secret from your wife? Like she opens the refrigerator, it's a jar of pee. <laughs> yeah, keep it somewhere else. Keep it where she doesn't know about it. Oh, then it would be warm. You gotta keep it cool, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Warm or cold, it doesn't matter. The whole idea is to use it. Don't waste a drop of it. Do you use ice cubes in it? I don't use ice cubes in it. I mean, some people they want to neutralize the taste, so they put in apple juice or orange juice. I mean, that's personal choice. Uh, if, if people are doing uh, prescription drugs, that question comes up a lot. Uh, I wouldn't say just go cold turkey on drugs unless you have the, the guts to do that. But you want to drink the urine two hours, one to two hours on either side of the drugs or the medication, because it will see it as an invader and a, 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 a compromise. The body will go after anything like that, like mm -hmm. medication, chemicals. So give it space in different places. Before and after using. Okay, so so I take epilepsy medicine twice a day, so I'd have to wait for two hours after, or before, or before. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, and are you open to healing epilepsy? Um, you know, I, I I'm kind of open to not even taking the medication and just hanging out and having seizures because they're kind of fun. Mm -hmm. 
but they always take my driver's license. And at that part, I'm not open to. I hate it when they revoke my license. So I asked you the question. It's a serious question. Because if you work with me as a client, if anybody works with me as a client, we will ask the quantum questions. Like, are you willing to heal everything in a session? Are you willing to let go of your need for these conditions? Are you willing to be stronger and more in control of your mind and your life? I mean, if we can just cut cut to the chase and save yourself years of either psychotherapy or drugs mm -hmm. or uh, working on yourself, wouldn't that be a worthwhile uh, endeavor? Yeah. Basically, I want to give you a quality of life, give it to you in your hands, and run with it. Mm -hmm. So all I, so, so I have to fast, go into nature, and drink pee. Get six hugs a day. Six. Six hugs. That's minimum. Give them or receive them? Same thing. Same thing. Be embraced in six hugs every day. Now, I used to get a lot more when we would meet at a farmer's market and people more social out in the public. And now I get them from my clients who come by every day or every other day. Does smacking my wife's ass count as a hug? Only if she goes, responds the way you want her to respond. <laughs> Maybe if you hold each other's behind at the same time, that would be an awesome idea. That could count as four, really. Really? Counts as four? Yeah, you got four tushies all at once. That's good. I could do I could do it then. I could probably pull off eight that way. Mm-hmm. So these are the things we talk about in a in a consultation. And I actually put that together in the book, how to go through a consultation, what kind of questions to ask. Um and I, I shared some of the consultations I did in, in Facebook Messenger and with their permission. So um, other people learn how to become a teacher or a therapist. Right. So after the consultation, um, is everybody open to all your suggestions or do you have clients that are not open and they just sort of drift away? And what are the results that you get from the ones that do follow it perfectly if that's possible yeah it's possible and I, i'm having more and more clients that uh, follow my advice their life is transformed they send me thank you letters and then there's the people who give, give up way too soon mm -hmm. because their their um their need for the attention from being sick outweighs their motivation and their drive to heal themselves um So, so, so how long of, of, does this therapy take before it really starts to have an effect? Like you say, sometimes it's instant, right? So, so, so well, but, but people do get better results if they stick with it for a longer period of time or actually maybe, or is this like a forever type of thing? Like, like this is it. This is what you got to do for the rest of your entire natural life, which might be forever because you're going to be immortal. So, yes. So uh, the people who I associate with and people who have been following me on social media are in it for life. They're not turning back. They're not going to quit. They're not giving up. The reason being is 
and I'll just say it in the form of a question. What if you knew you had the cure to everything and you never had to buy drugs, pills, medicine, or vitamins ever again? Would you stay with it? Well, people are going to say yes to that. Well, those that uh, stay with it are the ones that believe it works, have get great results, and they have faith that's stronger than ever. Hmm. <clears throat> and they write books about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how about for allergies? Allergies is a simple thing to heal, but you've got to not only take the urine internally and topically and up the nose and so forth, but you got to get rid of the, the causes. The same with all illness. I mean, one of the greatest causes of allergies is mucus forming foods like dairy and meat and carbs. And the American diet pretty much uh, is creating uh, most of the illnesses that we have in the United States. Okay. So, so I know you've mentioned some diets that, I, you know, I, I mean, I know what veganism is and stuff like that. But, but give me an example of, of your diet for a day like what do you eat for breakfast lunch dinner snacks basically fruit all day uh, uh i try not to eat till around 10 11 in the morning and uh, i might have some berries i might have some whatever available in season uh, papayas and mangoes uh, a couple of dates figs that's pretty much it's very simple for me because i don't need all that strength and energy to do the work that i do do, do you eat regular meals or you just kind of just pick it fruit all day? I, I hit or miss. I'm not a fan of food anymore. So it's like I eat for the hell of it. I eat for the pleasure of it. Hmm. And I, I, I live in an interesting situation because the people I live with, they have their set seven o'clock to eight o'clock dinner time. Mm -hmm. And I was raised with a six o'clock and you meet with your, your parents and your family and you have dinner time. And it's been great not to be run by that. Yeah, I, I mean, I was brought up to believe that eating was like this social thing. You know, my grandfather used to mm -hmm. say the man that eats alone dies alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How'd that work out for him? Well, pretty good, actually. I mean, I've made a lot of friends eating out. But I did notice this, uh, Gary, that a lot of people now for, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, we have potlucks here at this place um, every year mm -hmm. and I make a fruit salad. And uh, last couple of times that I laid it out there uh, as people are waiting around for us to hold hands and say our prayers and everybody brought their food to share with the group. Eight people insisted on eating fruit before the, the dinner was served. And uh, some of them actually said, I'm just going to eat fruit. Mm -hmm. See, I would have suspected that it would have brought like a bowl of pee. Yeah, it would have, but not all of these people who come here are my students. Just a few of them. <laughs> what would happen if you did that? Would they would they have partaked? You think? Uh, only the ones who had made that leap would do it, hmm. and and it gets down to a few <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are left behind. They're not going to make the journey with me. Really? They're going to they're going to walk past the, the bowl of aged pea? Well, with that, we should just leave it out and say, okay, here's the holy water, like walking into church, mm -hmm. and go ahead and do your thing, you know, with the holy water, and we're covered. You know, that's another thing I was going to ask you about. I mean, 
Is there any spiritual properties to it? Yeah, we kind of got into that. The spiritual properties is the is the the vibration and the um, connection with Shiva, um, or what's whatever people call their creator or God. So, so it, do does P have its own consciousness, or does it share consciousness with the individual that is urinating it? I would say both. I would say it has a universal consciousness and it may be a, a common thread for all humanity. Um, and I say there may be individualized consciousness versus the collective consciousness mm -hmm. of everybody. Now, here's something you may not be aware of, but they have scientifically proven that what we call air that's around us in this room is not just filled with oxygen. It's also filled with hydrogen. And there's some people who go as far as saying we're actually in water the whole time, our whole life. We're in a bubble of water. Hmm. I mean, I can That's understand that. I mean, well, I guess yeah. it's like humidity. It's like humidity. There's moisture in the air and, and the, the prana breathers and the, the Wim Hof students and the re, rebirthers and the breatharians, they mm -hmm. say, I get moisture from the air. I get life force from the air. And they're at another place than a lot of people are not. So, but it's good to know that that possibility is out there. Yeah, actually, that's, that's something else I've been thinking about trying is the Wim Hof method. I've always been a little curious about doing that ice bath thing with the deep breathing. It looks pretty cool. It's a real weenie shrinker. It's very cold. <laughs> Have you tried it? I've done versions of it here in Boulder. They have a polar bear club. Mm. And on New Year's Day, people jump in this place called the Boulder Reservoir. And it's got to be in the 20s or lower than that, maybe in the teens. Mm -hmm. And people do the quick jump and quick out. Uh, yeah, they had that in New Jersey too, the, uh, a polar plunge. It was like a, to support autism. Mm -hmm. My wife used to do it. But I wonder what it's like to really do it, though. Go in and actually start breathing and change my own body temperature. Yeah. And we're using we're using Wim Hof method or some kind of connected breath work? Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to try it one day. Well, I highly recommend that you and everyone who's watching this start practicing what's called 30 connected breaths every day. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you start building momentum by increasing the inhale and the exhale and the momentum from doing that, then what happens is stuck energy and emotions and belief systems start to break loose and leave your body. And what I do in private and group sessions is have people breathe for one to two hours. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of shaking things loose. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to do uh, Kundalini yoga. Uh, it was like a, a yogi bunjan type of tradition and uh it, it focused on a lot of intense breathing and uh it, it definitely changes how you think and that's the whole idea the whole idea gary this is particularly when you finally learn how to relax and get your mind still is so that you can be able to drop into a, a state of calmness and centeredness and sanity in seconds hmm. 
And when we're in a world and when you leave your house and the world is full of chaos and conflict and insanity, you've got to be able to walk through there unaffected. So the world doesn't affect you? Only if I let it. Do you watch news? Nope. Don't have a TV. That's good. TV is definitely a tool of the devil. It's a mind control device that in the 1950s, when it was first released, it was stolen from the inventor who brought it to the world as an education device. But, you know, CIA, FBI, they took it and used it against us. Is that the same with the Internet? Internet's a, yeah, it's also used to gather information, profile, and spy on people. Hmm. However, what they didn't, I don't think they thought this through, all this cabal and dark horses, is that the Internet will also create digital warriors and soldiers, and they would be able to communicate and liberate themselves. Right. Do you think that, uh, I, mean, I mean, the way we communicate through the Internet is one thing. Do you think that people of, of uh, spiritual nature communicate through like um telepathy mm-hmm. like like there's a, a like you know like the akashic field or or whatever you want to call it you know um collective consciousness it's kind of like the spiritual internet never heard of this book yes okay course in miracles answers that question really clearly it says two things all minds are in constant communication and all hearts are in constant communication. So any ideas we have that that's not going on and that somehow we're separate from each other is all made up. Now, my friend here hears from India, South India, Indira Gupta, she says, well, what we do is we pass forth back and forth mind mail because mm-hmm. I'll call her up and she say, I was just thinking about you. You got my mind mail. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think that we're all part of one consciousness, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trying to think. So, with 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 the P, so it. it, it you know, I think like when we when most people go to the bathroom, they, they look at it and they say it's just a waste product. It's just a byproduct. Of, or it's just waste. The body's getting rid of something that it doesn't want or doesn't need. You know, it, it's drained all the nutrients out, and, and this is all that's left. What you're saying is that the body is taking what we take in and not putting out waste, but transforming it into something else that is beneficial. Yes. And, and, and a good way to understand that is to explain it uh, physiologically or biologically. The only organs of elimination that are in the body are as follows. The liver, the intestines, the lungs, the lymphatic, and the skin. The kidneys filter blood. They get the blood plasma that comes from the liver, which gets it from the bone marrow. And so the kidney runs it through its nephron system in order to produce micronutritionally dense uh, micronutrients. That's a golden plasma water. Mm-hmm. And then it leaves the body. We came up the word, you know, eliminate, but it leaves the body. And what you do with it is up to you. 
Um, are, are you personally able to live just off of urine? I can from time to time, but that's not one of my practices at the moment. No. What is the longest you've gone? Two, two or three days. No food, no water. No, I didn't have to. Hmm. And how did, did it, a, how did it affect you? Did it connect, make you feel more connected? I felt more connected. I felt more relaxed. Uh, my body performed just fine. I was able to do radio shows and keep writing. I mean, my life just gets anchored in a whole other way. I wouldn't say it goes up a level, but it feels like my work takes on even uh, greater abilities out there in the world. And one of the things that I enjoy, particularly when I do a lot of urine therapy, is the creative process of being able to produce things and see them through. Does it make you more creative? Oh, definitely more creative. I mean, I, I kid people about what happened to me during the lockdown, during the 10 months, what I call our summer vacation. And during my summer vacation, I wrote and produced an incredible book, which is now in the market. I painted two murals for the first time in my life. One was a 35-foot building, one was a 60-foot building. I organized a kirtan group with uh, 21 people, including a band of four people. And I, drum I, I did drumming for the first time, not only for myself, but uh, uh, the public. I was in a kirtan band. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Things keep happening, keep things, keep things, things, projects keep coming my way because my creative juices are flowing. That's great. They're really productive. Um, one, one last question. It's, it's, a, it's a silly one. Go so for I it. I hope you don't mind. All right. <laughs> You're walking down the street, right? And, and you see somebody who, who uh, falls down. They hurt themselves. They scrape like an elbow or something. Do you just pull it out and pee on them? You know, if, it, if we were in India, I could get away with that. <laughs> if it was the kind of country where guys just pee in a trough out on the streets, that would be no problem. <laughs> I'd have to be like super pee, super pee guy, run into a phone booth if there was one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think here you might be considered a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> get put on the would, list yeah Either that or you have to put a cup down your pants and they never see you collected I don't know what you do <laughs> good luck um, so thanks for taking the time to, to be on my podcast uh, where can my listeners find you and where can they find your book okay uh, there's several choices one is to get to brothersage.com the other one is to go to Amazon, and if you type in Brother Sage, all my books are listed there. And the nonprofit faith-based organization I put together to spread the education awareness about urine therapy, uh, our website is shivambu.org, spell S-H-I-V-A-M-B-H-U.org. And that's the best way to communicate. How long do you plan on living? Indefinitely. Unless they change the context of the fabric of reality and the physical third dimension is no longer important to us anymore, I will mm. probably be in another dimension. But right now, there's a lot of work to be done here. Hmm. 
Do you think you think you could keep your body alive long enough um, to experience a, a full-on dimensional shift? I would say the dimensional shift's going on right now as we're talking, but uh, what I would challenge you, no, Gary, that's just my light bulb, man. Yeah, that's it. Well, it, it's it's coming through the, through the screen all the way to Colorado. Um, what I do is I anybody who says stage, how long are you going to live? And this is my challenge to you: is uh, let's stay in touch for the next three hundred years and let's see who makes it. <laughs> we could uh, try. I, I challenge you. Let's see who lives longer. Deal. Air five. <laughs> all right, guys, you saw it here. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And I'm going to post the links to your books and to your website in the notes of this episode uh, so my listeners can find you. Okay, and then you shoot me out a link to this broadcast. Yep, yep. It'll be out in about a week or so. And I, I always get up early and, and do this stuff. It was, a, it was a pleasure to be your guest today, Gary, and I wish you all the best success on your upcoming shows. Thanks. Thank you. And I wish you the best of success with the new book. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Hang on one second. I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.